The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Happy holidays! If you're listening to the show in audio form, as it is, I believe, Monday, July 4th? That sounds right, Brinson. I think you finally got it. It took three years, but I think you correctly got a calendar date. Unbelievable. A future calendar date. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Incredibly impressive by me. Um, so happy, happy America's birthday if you celebrate. 246 years old today, Brenton. And America's even older than I am, John. Uh, older than <laughs> Wilson. Yes. You think Wilson's uh, watching right now from, from his hotel room in Italy? How, how classic Wilson to like leave the country. For America's birthday? Mm, Try to make selfish. a statement here. We all know what statement he's making. Ryan and his politics. My goodness. Cheers to you, America. Um <laughs> Hey, uh, my red solar cup from our previous podcast, no longer filled with water. Idiot. And also, and, and in Wilson's defense, uh, this was not a political move. This was a trip he'd been planning for two years, got canceled due to COVID. They completely had to replan it. And uh, he's like, guys, I'm ditching you for two weeks. And so we're happy he made it. We are absolutely happy for him. The This is a mailbag podcast, Mailbag Monday. Mailbag! Oh, sorry, I blew that. This is the 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 this change in scenario. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm I'm currently located in Costa Rica, deep in the heart of the Costa Rican jungle. You may even hear a weed eater uh, going on. Uh, going, yeah, a Costa Rican weed eater or, or Costa Rican uh, lawnmower. Who, who's to say? The cool breeze is blowing in my hair, and we're going to talk some mailbag. Let's start. Dirty Hippie Chris asks, these are from Twitter, I believe, out of the six starting. And if you're in the chat, leave us a question, too. If you're watching live on YouTube, you can leave us a question. We'll answer it uh, as well. We'll try and get that in there. Um, And we do these mailbags all off-season every Friday live on YouTube on Friday. So if you're bored on Friday at work and want to come hang out, make sure and do that. Subscribe. Hit hit the like button. You know, give us a uh, throw us a a bone on that one. Dirty Hippie Chris asks, out of the six, quote, quote, unquote, starting, Second-year quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Davis Mills. Which do you think will be replaced by their team first? That's a good one. 
That is a really good question. And I am glad I read the questions beforehand because I would have literally had to sit here for 10 minutes and think about this uh, if well, I had not. So, so in my mind, this is a case where you sort of work backwards maybe to eliminate like, – like for instance, Mac Jones I'm taking off the list. Right. Because I believe that the stability of the Patriots, his play as a rookie, my belief that he can continue to improve, his high floor, and Bill Bel- the fact that Bill Belichick has massive stability as the head coach there, right. barring like a really bad season, like Mac Jones is highly unlikely to be removed as the Patriots starting quarterback or replaces the Patriots starting quarterback. I, I mean, like, it would be really surprising if Mac Jones didn't see a second contract in New England, I think. I am taking Trevor Lawrence off the list. There's agreed, no way. Agreed, agreed he, completely. He is the number one overall pick. He is playing out his entire first contract no matter what. Even if he tanks, he is going to be in Jacksonville for at least five years. Um, so at that point, that leaves us with four guys, Zach Wilson, or three guys, Trey Lance and Davis Mills. Uh, so out of those three, and I was going to say too, like, well, I was going to say too, like the other thing with the Jaguars is you, it's easy to forget, but like basically since, um, Sean Khan took over, there's been a lot of leeway given to the head coaches in Jacksonville with the exception of urban Meyer, who is the most disastrous head coach hire in the history of professional football. So like Doug Peterson, if he does anything good with Trevor Lawrence, is going to get pretty, a pretty long run. And I think you're going to see Trevor Lawrence probably like, I expect Trevor Lawrence to play as well, play well enough in his second and third years that he is given a, a pretty big extension after his third year, just because of his pedigree. Um, yeah, I think so you, in your mind, it comes down to Wilson fields and mills. Yes. So who do you take off of that list? Do you want me to go first or you want to go first? Um, you go – well, you go first. All right. So, again, the question was which second-year starting QB would most likely be replaced by his team first? I am going to go with Zach Wilson. Okay. Um, I just think that he – I just feel like he has the lowest ceiling and they're because uh, of no that, way he might have the lowest floor. He doesn't have the lowest ceiling or lowest floor. I, I, I don't know. I just his floor. His floor is pretty low. Like it's like here's how I think of Zach Wilson. I think that Robert Sala is a defensive coach. And if Robert Sala uh, sits through the season and the defense plays lights out and they're not winning games from Zach Wilson, I think he would be the most likely to move on based on the coach. And, and I think that, uh, you know, Justin Fields isn't in a great situation. I almost picked him. And obviously Davis Mills, but the Texans are so bad that if they only win four games next year, it's like you're not going to pin that on Davis Mills. And Davis Mills, as, as far as expectations go, probably had the best season out of, uh, you know, uh, okay, Mac Jones was number one, but he was a first-round pick who was expected. You know, you have higher expectations than first-round pick. Those expectations were not there for Davis Mills. And he played pretty well as a rookie. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go Zach Wilson. So, all right. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't mind the Wilson answer. I think the problem is the Wilson Wilson is – it depends on, like, what you think – can you hear that dog barking, by the way? Um, if not, great. Good for my AirPods. Um, okay, yeah. So, the dog is picking the Browns quarterback because it's a dog and it's barking. Well, oh, he is. He is. He hears me. That's a problem. Um He's like he's like barking at me. Brenton is loose. going to get attacked live on the podcast. Everyone share <laughs> on Facebook and Twitter. Oh my goodness! This is uh, like uh, so animals gone wild. That old fox. Both, 
both Simmons Stem and Will McLean in the comments say that they think it has to be Mills. And I tend to agree. And not not because Mills is like the worst player or might have the worst performance as a second year starter, but because I think Davis Mills, even if he plays well, the Texans can win four, five, three, four, five games and be a terrible team, have get a high pick and decide to utilize a high first round pick on another quarterback in this coming draft. Like so Mills would have to play. Mills would have to play the Texans out of a high draft pick to avoid being at risk of being replaced, even though he played like average to above average. Does that make sense? Like, whereas, whereas Wilson is just going to have to stink and like Joe Douglas probably has to get fired before he replaces him after his second year. Right. Like you cannot, you really just cannot. No, I mean, Mills is definitely, I feel like Mills is the easy answer. I was trying to be provocative. Gotcha. Uh, I but, think. Well, I, but, I think. But, well, with Mills, also he, he he's with a head coach who didn't draft him, so there's a, a thousand arguments for why they would move on from him. In fact, but, the, in fact, the real way to do this breach might be which second year first round pick is more likely because there are five guys taken, right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like because just just the inherent nature of. A second round, a second round quarterback is that they are more replaceable than a first round quarterback, unless they're playing at like a super elite level, right? Um, or a later round quarterback like Russell Wilson, right? I mean, you know, if Russell Wilson had stunk his rookie season and wasn't good, the Seahawks would have moved on and wouldn't have thought much about it. I don't think um, the uh, the um, to me the the sneaky answer here would be Justin Fields. Oh, real quick, Davis Mills threw as many touchdown passes. Last season, as a rookie, as Lamar Jackson did, as Tua did, and uh, as Jalen Hurts did. Fun fact. There's a fun fact. Um, Justin Fields is interesting, not because I don't like Fields. Again, this question is not about who do you think is a good quarterback or who do you think has a chance to succeed in in a you know best quarterback in in a vacuum, right? This is about. What the it, like the organizational stuff around them matters. All kinds of stuff comes into play, and like we talked about this repeatedly on the show. If you look, and I I don't necessarily feel this way, but I've heard people I respect suggest this. If you look at what the the Bears did this offseason, it is not indicative of a team that is desperately trying to surround Justin Field, like trying to build up Justin Fields. But like, he doesn't have great receivers. He doesn't have an offensive line. You know, they didn't have a first-round pick because they drafted him, but they used their second-round pick on defense, and both their second-round picks on defense, I believe. Or maybe they got him a wide receiver in the second round. Anyway, point being, it's they did not, like, go out and say, we've got to do everything we can to help Justin Fields. You're talking about a new coaching staff and a new regime that did not draft him and, and, and wasn't right. involved in the selection of him. So I think that there's a possible chance if the Bears finish with a really bad pick that they could consider trading Fields. And like, maybe Fields – I'm not saying Fields can't be great. It's just when you have a new regime – and they don't take actions that indicate we want to build around him, you at least have to wonder what is their belief and intent, like what is their belief in Justin Fields and what is their intent for Justin Fields? Because if he's terrible for a full year in 2022, they can then say, look, we didn't draft this guy. We have a top five pick. We want to get CJ Stroud or, or, uh, or Bryce Young or Devin Leary. Yeah. I mean, that's why Justin Fields is on our list of three guys who – seem like the correct answer to this. Uh, he, he's not, if I'm Justin Fields, I hate the situation I'm in. Um, I, I just lost my offensive minded coach for a defensive minded coach. The front office that drafted me is no longer here. 
I mean, you're in a pressure situation. They didn't surround you with any great talent. They let your best wide receiver walk. I mean, there is not a lot to like. And now you're playing for your life because if you're not good, they have no incentive not to replace you. Is there a worse receiver group than Economia St. Brown, Darnell Mooney, and Byron Pringle? I mean, that is not ideal. <laughs> like every, I mean, the first eight to 10 Bengals receivers would be their number one. I think. <laughs> um, by the way, I don't can't believe I'm giving credit to the Bengals. Thanks. Uh, Sim, by the way, Sim and Sim has a question. I have a low importance question from an overseas perspective. What does Breach's stylized mail? What is Breach's stylized mailbag reference? Mailbag. It's the PTI reference. Breach. Uh, when PTI started, I I don't watch PTI daily anymore, but they used to do it. They had this guy, the the mailbag voice. It's basically exactly what Breach is doing. That is what you're doing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He'd be like, he'd be like, time for a mailbag. mailbag. Yeah, and Breach almost does it perfectly. So he's we're essentially ripping off uh pti but it's not a ripoff because we're um you know we're we're, we're, we're is, pti has been on the air since 2001 i think I so know. literally for more than 20 years so it's insane there was. No, that's that was, there was no internet i mean there was internet but it wasn't as that's what, Dude, that's what you got your sports news was pti pti was groundbreaking in 2001 like people don't understand it was like the first like even around the horn it was like i mean wow they got four people on here yelling about sports the pti was like incredible and to it was it you know it, it peaked probably in like uh, like 05 or 06 but it was in it was awesome um when it first came out with will bond and cornizer because we'd never seen anything like it and it just you know you back then you always just watched um sports center on repeat right and like and it was like five o'clock sports center i think was still like repeating what had happened the night before it was like 6 p.m was the new sports center and so 5 p.m was like you're getting the news and like a different way of like analyzing it. And they did a big mailbag thing every once a week and they would have the like guest on, like have Peter King and I mean, you know, uh, Jay Billis. Like it was, it was, a, you know, I mean, they, they had cachet uh, at any rate. That's where it comes from. PTI, pardon the interruption. And it's not that we're ripping it off. It's an homage to like a show that we grew up watching in college. Like as it first started with the legends, Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon. Correct. Next question from Father Father Padre. Father Ooh. Padre. I assume he's uh, San Diego there. Which team should start tanking now for Arch Manning in 20, the 2026 draft, and why isn't it the Lions? Some Ooh. would argue they have been tanking for him since 1956. Ouch. The Lions. A dunk are... button again. It would have been nice to have a dunk button. I don't have my mixer right now. So. You know what's funny is I think Dan Campbell's a good enough coach that the Lions will not be the worst team. I think you will still be with the Lions in 2026 and 40 years. I do not think they will be the worst team in the NFL. I think they will have one or two playoff appearances under their belt in that time span. Um, so my answer is the Carolina Panthers. Sorry, Brinson. Oh, I, I mean, I think I, I agree completely. The Panthers should be like, here's the problem. And I've talked about this ad nauseum about the Panthers. They hired Matt Rule and said, we want to give you a – I think they gave him a six-year contract, maybe a seven-year, I can't remember. Long-ass contract. This kind of time you don't get – you only get when you're like a coveted uh, you know, coach, like a college coach who's you know, willing to take a job that you – know, it, 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 it was a rebuild contract. Matt Rule sold David Tepper on a plan to rebuild in a certain amount of time in a certain way just like he rebuilt um, you know, Baylor, just like he rebuilt Temple. But this is how he does it. He comes in in five-year plans. He rebuilds it. Well, David Tepper is an impatient 
billionaire lunatic who was previously the richest owner by a large margin in the NFL by more than anyone else, like $16 million. And so he essentially wasn't like what well, got started on the timeline. And then essentially was like, I, I can't wait this long. Everyone else is trading for quarterbacks. I want a quarterback now too. go get Stafford, go get Watson, go get wins. And they all said no to Tepper and the Panthers because it's a totally, you know, um, uh, what's the word dysfunctional situation right now there down in Charlotte. And as a result, they trade a second round pick for Sam Darnold. Then in the draft, the quarterbacks Ritter, uh, Malik Willis, they all start coming off the board. So Tepper's like, we got a trader. Go get me Matt Corral. So they give up a bunch of picks. They give up third round pick to be able to get Matt Corral. And again, I'm not trying to make Panthers fans mad. I'm just saying you basically have like four or five picks in the draft, four or five second and third round picks invested in Sam Darnold and Matt Corral. You're starting quarterbacks this year. So you've wasted all this draft capital trying to get ahead of the curve when in reality, what all you did was acquire the guys who were most likely to help you tank for a top pick. It's irony. It is the irony, Brinson. It is the irony. And so I, I, I'm glad we agree on the Panthers, clearly. Uh, the only other teams I really thought about, the Texans, because they seem like, uh, you know, we just talked about how easy it would be for them to get rid of Davis Mills. They probably have one of, the, one of the worst rosters in the NFL. I'm not sure going to be able to turn that whole thing around by 2026. And I don't know who else besides that. Giants? Maybe the Giants? They might need a no. quarterback by then. I don't know if the Giants are tanky. For Arch Manning, you get another Manning. Get yeah, one, two Super Bowls with EY. Yeah, there's a lucky luck box. Super Bowl. What if the Colts play out this Matt Ryan thing and they kick Matt out in 2025? Go, kind of go with like they did from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, where they were good for Ooh. so long. Then they have one bad year, and then get the franchise quarterback again. Yeah, I mean, you know, the team that the Falcons could could be the team too. Like, yeah. you know, if you're, it, it's got to be a. It's got to be a team that has – see, the problem is, like, it can't really be the Panthers because, like, if they tank one more year, Matt Rule's probably getting fired. Right. You know? And then so it's like, then who's – you know, then what's the news? Then the guy who's coming in next, do you think he's going to last, what, 23, 24, 25? you think he's got three years of being terrible before David Tepper cans him? Probably not. So the Panthers are – I don't know. The Panthers got to – the Panthers need to. The Panthers have a whole host of different problems, uh, but yes, getting a Manning in twenty twenty six would be amazing. Assuming that he's good, one it would be pretty surprising. Like even Cooper Manning was good until he's you know he suffered a back injury as a young player, I believe. Like that family is just elite at quarterbacking. So Arch is probably gonna be great, and it's gonna be some team. It's probably gonna you know who it's gonna be. Don't Patriots. say the Bengals, Brenton. Don't even Patriots. Do. Patriots. Uh, that would be, and Belichick will coach till he's ninety. Yeah. Belichick would be like um, 75 if he still coached while, while Arch Manning is eligible. Or like or like Brady plays uh 22, 23, 24, and then the uh Buccaneers then, tank then, for a year. And then the Buccaneers tank for a year, would it be a year or two years? And then get Arch? Yeah, that would be crazy. What about the Steelers? Will McClain says rule is it making it to week 10 this year? Yeah, I mean, like they haven't really nobody's opened him up yet that I've seen. But when they release these first coach fired odds, he's Matt Rule's gonna be like minus three hundred. <laughs> they, they are not gonna be willing to take bets on that rule because Tepper is such a looney tune. He's gonna can anybody at any time. All right, moving along. Right, actually, I tell you what, let's take a break and we come back. We'll do some more mailbag next.
The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Paramount Plus, baby, you're home. For South Park, the streaming wars, go sign up. ParamountPlus.com. I'm pretty sure you get a free, like, I don't know how long it is. Try promo code Brinson. It probably won't get you anything, but you probably get like a free, some kind of free trial, maybe a free month or something like that. Uh, well worth it. I say that. And I mean, Brinson you know. is $3. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't think I get anything from it. Um, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Paramount employee, so I mean, like, I have to, you know, I'm not going to bash Paramount Plus, but even if I wouldn't, have, but I mean, like, it's just a great service, so I highly recommend getting it. I mean, like, I, I really do am a big fan of Paramount Plus. Use it all the time. All right, Nick Leonardi asked, which current quarterback in the league is going to be the next Ryan Fitzpatrick slash Josh McCown, a journeyman you could who can win you games but won't help or hurt your team. Do you want uh, to? We all know what my answer is. <laughs> you don't even have to joke about it because it's my answer. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the obvious answer. He's gonna, like, Dalton's going to do this for another like 20 years, right? Andy Dalton is the per- He's literally already on his fourth team in four seasons. Uh, when we talk about can't help or hurt your team, uh, you know what his record is over the pa- Cowboys? Four and five. Bears, three and three. He is almost exactly 500. That is the definition of I am not helping your team, I am not hurting your team. I will walk you to five uh, to a 500 season, which then you don't even want him because if you have a a, a journeyman quarterback, you kind of want him to struggle so that you can get a good pick at the top of the draft. You put Dalton in there, you're going eight and nine, you're picking at 12th overall, you're not getting anyone good. Uh, so it almost kind of does hurt your team in the end. But yes, I think Andy Dalton is the new uh, most likely candidate to be a journeyman quarterback. So who are, I need to see, I mean, Trying to figure out who are the, because I mean one of the things that's important about this is that you need to have, like Josh McCown and Ryan Fitzpatrick played for a long time, like I don't want to, like I like I don't like do, do you what do you think Andy Dalton's desire uh, desire is in terms of I mean he keeps signing with new teams and I would say that means his desire is high because you have to learn a new offense you have to you know like. You don't want to sign with a new team if you're a quarterback. There is a lot to digest and a lot to learn. And we're looking at Fitzpatrick, who played, what, 17 years? And Dalton's already on his 12th, so he's he's getting up there. 12th year? How old is Andy Dalton again? He is 34. You know what's crazy him, is that... I can see him playing three or four more years. Dude, Dominic in the chat says Joe Burrow is the answer. Oh! Barrett Barrett Robertson Sports says Carson Wentz. That's a better I answer. That, I don't think that's a bad answer at all. The question is how I'm trying to do, I'm trying not to type while I'm talking because apparently it's loud. 
Uh, but how long will, would Carson Wentz be willing to – like if he flops with Washington, he is going to have to be a backup for at least five years. Right. Three years. And he'll get chances and he'll probably play well at some points. But like he's not going to be – he's just not going to be a star uh, – like a high level – he's not going to get chances to start every year like he has. Agreed. So I was trying to look up how many years he's played. Sorry, I'm trying to do this without oh, Carson Wentz. Yeah, I'm trying to like not like make the. I think my AirPods pick up the chat, the types typing a lot. Um, so he's already played six years. He's only 29. I don't know. He would need like eight more. So eight years, I guess, him to 14. Plays only 37. I can see him doing that. And like the Ryan Fitzpatrick lays his body on the line and like like constantly. In like in like you know, like Ryan Fitzpatrick doing the like the the spit the helicopter spin. The other guy that I think could could qualify would be Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, um, because well, he's the like, one thing. Well, real quick, the one thing about Fitzpatrick and McCown though that maybe we're not taking into account is that they basically started their career as backup quarterbacks and then kind of got thrown into the fray because of injuries or whatever, and then uh, you know would win a few games and the teams would love them and then give them contracts. And then they were never like great long-term starters. Yeah, so and it's, 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 you, sure. you kind of got to you kind of got to find somebody who's like Davis Mills could qualify. Uh, I know that. Um, uh, see, someone in the chat uh, said Minshew. I saw um, Nick Foles. But, yeah, but Foles won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but he's not a starter. He was drafted to be a. He, I don't know. He's had a ton of starting. It, it's it's a hard. I mean, Dalton is. I think Dalton is a really good answer, but he also was a starter for a long time too. Um, you know, one guy that could be interesting for this. Let's see. Make sure I'm not insane. Well, but again, like, don't do you think that the requirements have to involve being drafted, being not being drafted to, um, like not like Tua Tagovailoa would be an interesting answer, right? But he Mariota? was drafted. Like this, yeah, Mariota was a guy I thought about too, but he's 28 and he was drafted with the second overall. Like, if you're a top 10 pick, it doesn't really make you like a lifetime journeyman. It makes you like a bust to be right. to end up in that spot. And Andy Dalton started for so long too that, I mean, he qualifies as well. Tannehill is a first round, high first round pick. So it's a tough Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. I mean, I think you could put him on the list. Yeah. I was going to say one I thought of was Mitch Trubisky, but now I think when you point it out like that, that if you're a first round pick, and you turn into Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh McCown, you are absolutely a bust. Because we're talking about uh, Fitzpatrick, obviously, was... Six-round pick seven, or seven-round seven right? round pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, McCown, McCown, yeah. Jimmy G, Jimmy G, uh, get thrown about in the chat. That's a good one. Jimmy G, see, that's the thing is you got to be like a... But Jimmy G's been to a Super Bowl. Eh, I guess maybe. I don't know. This It's a hard question to answer because... But Dalton really, was a second-round pick, so I feel like he qualifies for the list and McCown was the third round pick okay um maybe if Taylor uh, Heineke sticks around Taylor Heineke could work he's gonna get like 10 more years in Washington alone all right next question from J John on Twitter at underscore J John when do you think the tight end market will catch up with the overinflated wide receiver one teams like Baltimore seem smart paying Andrews 50% less than wide receiver one money when he puts up the same numbers but also blocks also if live golf makes an offer to Brinson and how many minutes does he accept it uh, well, I'll answer the second one first, Jay John. And the answer, your, your, your question's wrong. That's the problem with the question. But you said minutes. That would imply that I wouldn't accept in less in like seconds because I've accepted, like, I don't know if you're talking about an offer for me to cover live golf. 
I don't know about you talking like an offer for me to play live golf, but I am accepting in seconds. Like, what is my what is the offer I get from live golf to play live golf? I mean, a, a million dollars. We'll say three million. No, we'll say five million, but for twenty years. So you're only making like four hundred grand a year, but you're guaranteed at five million for the next twenty years. I just almost like snotted myself laughing. You're like, you're only making 400 grand a year, but you're a professional golfer. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm probably. Plus you get your winnings. You know, if you, you're not going to win yeah, anything. I'm not, well, no, but there's no cut. I get paid every tournament, no matter what. That's, even that's if I, shoot, even if I get a hundred grand for like finishing deadline, like oh, 10 grand for finishing. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I'm taking it in seconds. <laughs> oh my God. I want to be on this tour. Yeah. I don't, I don't begrudge anybody for taking the money. And I look, you can say all you want about the the human rights stuff with Saudi and that is true but like our president went and met with him recently and there are there are lots of anyway you know we don't need to get into this let's the tight end market breach the tight end market you know I, I think the issue is that we're not going to see a huge I don't know the tight end market is ever going to catch up with the wide receiver market because there aren't enough top tier tight ends to make it catch up because like yes you have your George Kittles your Travis Kelsey's your uh, Darren Wallers, your Mark Andrews guy, guys like that are going to get closer to the top tier money. But then the guys after that next year down, they can't make the argument that they deserve 15 or 17 or 19 million a year. And so you you're being anchored down by the fact that there's only a handful of tight ends that can play it the way this guy's describing where you're lining up in the slot. You're lining as a receiver, you're lining up as a tight end. You're, you're doing the blocking. Um, All right. Where so I'm yeah. just just to push back on this. I, I, here's the problem. So the and here here's here's where and I don't disagree with you that it, it's a really difficult sell to say hey like give Mike Kosecki more than George Kittle because that's what the market dictates, right? No, no. He's asking, is the tight end going to catch up to a wide receiver? Are you going to give David and Joku twenty four million dollars per year? What? No, 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 yeah, no, no. He's that, no, well, but, but, David, is, but David and Joku is the answer is to what the problem that happened here. David and Joku is now making $13.7 million per year because the Browns gave it to him. Now, I think it's pretty unlikely that he lives up to top four tight end money. I think he's top four. Top five tight end money, excuse me. But the, the issue now becomes, if you're Mike Gusecki or Dalton Schultz, and, I'm try, and obviously Kyle Pitts when he's eligible in two more years, or Darren Waller when he does his next, year, next deal because he's dirt cheap, are you taking less than what David Njoku makes per year? Because the answer is emphatically hell effing no. You are I like I need at least what David Njoku makes, and David Njoku only makes a few hundred thousand less per year than Mark Andrews. So you have the situation where Gasecki and Schultz are going to hit the open market or get paid by their own teams, and they're going to jump David Njoku. Uh, I or look at like the Cowboys. That's a good example. They're saying no, Dalton Schultz. We're not paying you fifteen million dollars per year. That's insane. We're just not going to do it. And that's what most teams feel about tight ends, unless you, get, you have you George Kittle or Travis Kelsey or, or, or apparently David and Joku. I mean, and Joku got thirteen point seven million. He he's not the highest that's paid insane. tight end. That's no, insane. it isn't. You know, if anybody can reset the the market, it's going to be Darren Waller right now in this contract negotiation that he's having with the Raiders. So, and and Waller. Because the highest paid tight end right now is at $15 million a year, it's going to be tough to walk for Waller to say, I deserve $18 million. And the Raiders are like, oh, you just want to blow past? We're going to give you $3 million more than the next highest paid tight end. And because it moves up in increments, 
you know, Waller's probably be at like 15 and a half or 16 million. And then, uh, right. But, but look, again, like, because if Gusecki and Schultz, maybe their own teams don't give them the money, but if they play out the franchise tag and hit the open market, they will get paid like something in that top tier range. And this is this is my whole point is that once that happens, then all of a sudden Kittle, Kelsey's probably too old at thirty three to make it to make it work. But Kittle, Dallas Goddard, and Mark Andrews all in the twenty seven year old range. They do you think you think Schultz or Mike Gusecki is going to get fifteen point two million? You think they're going to make more than Kittle? Uh, it depends. It depends on the market and. And what, you know, what teams have cash? I mean, it's, it's, I think that they will get in the Kittle. I think they'll get in that range because you can, because look, you can make the case that Mark Andrews is the best tight end in football and he's making less than like, I, we'll see. I mean, probably not. Well, I think the reason these guys are on the franchise tag and not getting long-term contract is because that's what they want. And their teams are like, yeah, you're not George Kittle. You're not Travis Kelsey. We're not giving you that money. Yeah, but when they hit the open market, there's it just makes a world of difference. Like Kirk Cousins isn't the best quarterback in football. All I'm saying is that like it's just like the DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins contract. It messed up the structure of the salaries for that position. The David Njoku contract did, and it's now it what David Njoku contract did was eliminate the space right underneath Mark Andrews, where where um, Dalton Schultz and Mike Gesicki could have just slotted in easily. Now they're going to say, no, we will not take – David David Njoku doesn't have a 700-yard season. He's not like some elite – they're just not taking less than him. So Right. Um, yeah. But the other part is when you look at the salaries, so Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith both make an average of $12.5 million per year with the uh, Patriots, and those are the sixth and seventh highest paid guys, and then there's just a gap. There's no one who makes an average between 11 and $12 million per year. The next highest are – Schultz and Gasecki, you both are making 10.9 on the tag. So there's that gap where I'm sure that the Cowboys or the Dolphins are trying to put them like, hey, guys, we'll pay you $12 million a year. That's a $1.1 million raise on what you have right now. We're not giving you 15. So it just seems like the market's That's so fine. far there's behind. A, there's, but the, yeah, it is far behind. But I'm saying what I'm saying is that the Njoku contract is going to have that same effect on it. And let's not forget, like, I'm not saying Cole Komet is like an elite player, but he is probably going to get a ton of catches from uh, Justin Fields this year because of just their wide receiver position, which we talked about earlier. Um, Pat Fryermuth is going to be eligible for a contract extension in two years. Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson. You have these guys who have got a ton of production. Um, Tyler Higby, I guess, signed recently. Darren Waller is going to get one. Kyle Pitts in two years is going to get more than the top amount. So my point being is that like the DeAndre Hopkins contract, which it, it was an artificially – it's an outlier. It shouldn't be there. And it artificially propped up the floor for what top people were going to get paid. Uh, that made Hopkins the highest paid wide receiver. That's why it went up. And Joku's not – it messes up the middle tier of tight ends because yeah. all these other tight ends are going to be like, well, I should make more than Njoku. But they're not going to say I should make more than Kittle. And you have to get above Kittle to raise the market or the market's not going up. You're just having more middle tier well, guys. Okay. Well, then we'll just agree to disagree and see what happens in the offseason <laughs> when these teams. I think – Darren Waller is the one who can move it up, and Pitts can too, but he's not going to be up for an extension until after the 2023. I think Gasecki, you look at like Mike McDaniel's offense and what it did for Kittle. If Gasecki explodes because no one's looking at him because of Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, like it's not crazy to suggest he could get more than that. Right. It, but it, if, if either of those guys get a deal before July 15th, before that deadline, I do not think they will get more than I would. Kittle. If they sign a deal before the franchise tag deadline to sign a deal, I would not expect him to get more than what. Like I think that their deal that goes above Kittle and Kelsey 
will happen because they played out the season on the franchise tag, had monster years, either their teams just ponied up or they get out into free agency because their teams know they can't afford them and they get those numbers. All right. Next question from Halifax Hugh. Wouldn't it be a better strategy for the Browns at Halifax Hugh on Twitter for the Browns to simply start, simply hold on to Baker, Baker Mayfield until after the regular season starts? It would give much greater leverage in the inevitable string of quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks going down for the rest of the season. Um, yes, probably. I think is the short answer. The more complex answer is that if the Browns think that they can make the, we don't know what Deshaun Watson's suspension is going to be. And I really hope it doesn't come out. We're, we're recording this podcast at two o'clock on Friday afternoon. I'm already prepared for the inevitable. I'll see you in two hours breach. <laughs> like, and I said this, I said this on, um, let's see this on Twitter. I can't remember if I tweeted this, but this is my, this is my theory on the Deshaun Watson thing. And if you're listening to this on Monday, we'll see. Uh, you, you'll, you'll have a good idea, maybe, perhaps. The NFL's investigation is concluded. It's possible that they don't do anything until July 11th after the, the briefs and the cases are due. It is also possible, I think, Breach, that if the NFL does not plan on suspending him for very long, that they announce it around 4.30 on, on July 1st, Friday afternoon, the quintessential Friday news dump where it's a low, low number of game suspension and the NFL is trying to bury it in the holiday weekend and it will successfully work even though it's like this ham-handed approach, if, if they're, if they're going to hammer him, I think it's more likely it comes out next week or, or maybe after that July 11th deadline. So I sort of think Friday at 4.30, which is basically when the NFL you know, transaction wire processes and when the NFL is shutting down for the entire weekend, for the holiday weekend, uh, that will be – if we don't get any news by 4.30 on Friday, then it's probably going to be a, a bit before we hear about Watson. Um, but to Baker – Yes, it probably makes sense to hold on to him because he's you're paying his contract anyway. It's a one-year guaranteed deal with a fifth-year option. The other thing is, like, if Carolina's your only trade partner, should you trade him to the Panthers before you play the Panthers in week one? Probably not. So, yeah, I, 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 I don't – I mean, holding him into the season is a huge risk because if nobody gets injured and nobody needs a quarterback, you're paying Baker Mayfield $18 million to do nothing – uh, and obviously the, the Browns Watson. have paid the Browns have paid people wor- a lot more money. Than <laughs> <nothing>. <laughs> like for they paid. Oh yeah, oh, better be careful. A lot of people. A lot of people. <laughs> Would you name some names? Reach. Go ahead. I was gonna say Johnny Manziel. I was gonna name yeah. anyone that you thought. <laughs> to, <laughs> everyone. They have made some. A uh, lot of people. Who's the same? Then uh, a lot of first round picks. Brandon, Brandon Whedon. Uh, Brandon Whedon. That's a good one. Um, I can't really remember any of the first round picks that we had mentioned. Anyway, but, moving, yeah, moving. So you have th- th- this $18 million. Are you just going to throw that away? And I think that also, if you're the Browns, you have higher leverage going into training camp. Because Baker Mayfield, if he's going to compete for a starting job with another team, he's going to want to have training camp to kind of get adjusted to who uh, this new playbook and, and everything else. And, and so I don't know that gives him more leverage. And again, it also depends on Deshaun Watson suspension. Because if he's not suspended, then you're the Browns. You want to get rid of Mayfield as soon as possible. Like, just dump him. Get Find somebody willing to give up a six-round pick and pay $15 million of his salary. Get him out of Cleveland. Uh, but then if Watson suspend the whole season, maybe you change your mind. And as for your theory that it's coming Friday, Brinson, I would have agreed with you last week because the NFL, as you noted, loves the pre-4th of July news dump. Uh, the, the, the $10 million fine against the Commanders and Dan Snyder – that was a 4th of July news dump. Julian Edelman suspension in 2018. 
4th of July news dump. Uh, Antonio Gates suspension a couple years ago. 4th of July news dump. Aaron Jones suspension. Darren Waller suspension. Yes, all these guys got suspended. 4th of July news news dumps. Um, But I do think that because of the the fact that Sue Robinson asked for the post-hearing briefings on July 11th, that we won't see a decision before that. So I think you you can get comfortable, start drinking, and not worry about the fact that you're going to have to do an emergency podcast in two hours. I mean, I think pretty clearly I'm, I got comfortable and started drinking regardless of what happens to Sean Watson. Um, yeah. So look, I, yes, it probably is a better strategy to hold on to Baker from a football perspective. Sorry, I got very bright out here all of a sudden. That's why I put on my sunglasses. Um, and uh, the, um, it, 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 yes, it makes more sense to do it from a football perspective, but it's just the the amount that we'll have to talk about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield not showing up. You already signed Jacoby Brissett. How do you handle all of that? There's a, there's a ton going on. Um, Curtis King in the chat asks, oh, "Can you see my computer in the in the sunglasses? I'll take it off. <laughs> I can't see it. It is a MacBook Pro. Yeah. Um, I don't just see my other open tabs. I can't see anything out here now. Um, anyway, uh, Curtis King in the chat asks, "What's the best win total bet of the season? I slam Bears under six and a half. Seahawks under." six and Jags under six and a half. I'm worried about the Jags. Kind of. I think the Jaguars is the biggest one I'm worried about there too. You know, uh, Pete Carroll finds a way to win a bunch of games, but certainly with that, ro- you know, just the way the roster set up and how they want to win and Drew Locke plus um, Gino Smith and, and all the endorsements for Gino Smith, you can definitely make the case that the Seahawks will go under. I love the bears under I've been, I've been, I've been hammering that one too. I think the Panthers under is probably a good bet as well, but I want to see if Baker Mayfield is eventually traded uh, to Carolina before, like if Baker's traded to Carolina, I think I'm a little worried about that under of six, six minus 120 under. Um, those are uh, those are my thoughts on those two. Uh, uh, mine is the Colts, nine and a half. I think they get to 10 wins easy. I am pounding the Colts at nine and a half. I like the Ravens over, Colts over, Ravens over. Um, I don't really like betting unders, even though that's where the money's at because the everything seems juiced to the over. Uh, but yeah, I like the Colts and the Ravens. Oh, trying to see if I actually have any bad. I can barely see. I don't know. All right. Um, I can't see my computer, but I don't want you guys to see my computer, but I don't think I have any tabs. I really care about you seeing. Um, <laughs> Curtis Campbell said, I bet Colts to win division 2,500 to win. Yeah. Jeez. You don't have to put the actual use two point. Just put Say units, man. Don't put your actual cash in no, there. Put it all out there. Put the money in there. Curtis like King the Col- is on the Colts bandwagon. That is. I like, the, I like the Colts. Stuff. I like the Colts and even money to win the to win the division. I don't mind that at all. Um. All right. You know what? Uh. Okay. Let's do let's do this one real quick. At uh, you know what? Actually, we'll save this one. This is a good one. We'll do a Would you rather to get out of here on this because it's too it's suddenly like scorching out here and I can't see. Um, so from rollerblader, Bob, which MMA fight would you rather see Ryan Wilson versus DK Metcalf or Pete Prisco versus miles Garrett? Ooh, I mean, that's easy. Is it? Oh, it's Prisco versus Garrett all the way. Wilson is a pacifist. He is not going to oh, oh, right. well, walk out of the ring and forfeit. There wouldn't be a fight. Right, right. There's a couple of things at play. You have to decide who do you most want to see? get obliterated by a professional athlete in an MMA fight because both of these fights are unfair. The thing about Wilson with DK is Wilson wouldn't run his mouth 
if he was signed up for an MMA fight versus DK. He'd be petrified. It would be so great to have him on the podcast every day for like the you know the like hundreds of days leading up to this fight, and we talk about it, and he's you know talk about how scared he is, and then he gets destroyed with one quick move from DK Metcalf, and like so for me, the lead up to the Wilson DK fight would be the best. But the Prisco Garrett fight, like Pete wouldn't give up. He wouldn't quit. He'd keep fighting Miles Garrett and keep trying to win. And he would just inevitably get destroyed over and over and over again. And I would much rather see Pete get his ass kicked by a pro athlete, especially when like Miles Garrett's like, I love poetry, son, as he slams Pete to the like steel cage over and over again. Um, whereas Wilson would just be a kind of like 15 second just ending and it wouldn't be very, the fight itself wouldn't be great. So the fight I'd rather see Prisco versus Miles Garrett, but having to do like three to five podcasts per week with Wilson leading up to it would be quite delightful. And you know what? We actually should end on this question. Um, sure. Yeah. For- you're the one inside comfortable inside in a sweatshirt. I'll read this one from at stub 67. If breach and Brinson could be bothered, what would be the perfect birthday present for Ryan Wilson? As we know, Brinson's birthday was last Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Brinson, but it was on a Sunday and we forgot to all wish you happy birthday. Okay. Sorry, buddy. But Wilson's birthday was Monday. Um, so, Brinson, would you re-gift a present that someone gave you? What would be your perfect birthday present for Wilson? Um, I would get Ryan Wilson a tiny little crock pot. Like, who's not really a functional gift. Like, he could only make, like, one bowl of soup oh or, like, some fondue. No, no, I would get Wilson either, like, a pasta maker, like, like a pasta, like a hand pasta grinder, or a fondue kit because both are like kind of fun or a donut donut maker. I've got all three of those. I would love to re-gift to him. Um, and like, I think that you could like, see Wilson's the type of guy where if you give him that gift, he will feel compelled to use it. Like you and I reach, will probably throw a gift. We don't plan on using underneath a couch or something. Wilson is going to, He's just going to have to use it and show you once that he used it. And it's going to be a giant pain in his ass to use uh, one of those things. So donut maker, uh, homemade ice cream maker, pasta maker, or uh, a little tiny little fondue kit or a tiny little crock pot. Something that will force him in the kitchen and, and make him do something with his family that he doesn't want to do and come <laughs> away with like a picture of him. He's like, oh, thanks, buddy. Really appreciate this. Like, here's what I got. And then after he opens Brinson's gift and gives him a stink eye uh, for making him go in the kitchen, he will open my gift, and it will be a package of adult diapers. Uh, as That's- we know, Brinson, every podcast during the football season, Sunday night, what happens? Wilson has to take a timeout and go to the bathroom. Well, guess what? No more timeouts. Puts the diapers on. Everything's soft. He can make it all the way through. Can you imagine how amazing it would be to see him podcasting on Sunday nights? Just like, and you watch every like like every uh, every week, like a half hour in, you get to see him like like you notice when he's like relieving himself it's, it's like very obvious what's going on <laughs> all right that'll do it for us i'm roasting up and we just lost brenton he is so hot his computer exploded uh but that is it if you're listening on friday i hope you have a great fourth of july weekend if you're listening on monday i hope you had a great fourth of july weekend we will see you on tuesday peace out everyone Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.